This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com and join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Vile Files. And boy, do we have a good one for you. The one, the only, Michelle Young is with us, The Bachelorette. We finally got an opportunity to meet Michelle, talk with Michelle, get to know her a lot more. Uh, Certainly we go into trying to figure out if she's in love and who she's in love with. Um, But yeah, uh, I probably... I always do that. I always try to sell the episode people are already listening to. It's like, we're going to have Michelle. I feel like it's, it's natural though. You know? I don't know. It's like you want to get people, get people a little bit excited. Uh, how are you guys? Ladies? How are you ladies? I'm so good. Is this because of new girl? I have googly eyes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what happened? She's just You've fantastic. Committed. In a sense. We've had good communication. She invited me to be. You've a- pressed play on the movie. Yes, I've definitely pressed play on the movie. Um, Have you stopped there's watching a few previews? previews that mm. are playing from my phone, but I'm putting them on silent volume. <laughs> That's fine. No, but we had we had a very good like open communication, and she invited me to be her plus one for a wedding. But like you've personally decided to look to invest in this. Oh, I knew I've known for a while that like she was always going to be the one I invested in. If I felt like I was in a place to invest in someone, if I had any capital, I knew it was going her way. Gotcha. And you, Allie. Um, not too much. I'm going to see Wedding Boy How, next you, weekend. Oh, that's still going on. <laughs> flash from the past. Yes, flash from the past. God, can you imagine if you end up with this guy? I know. Oh, Only because like, like play the, rerun the tape, but it sounds like you fucking hated him. Yeah, <laughs> that like, would be most oh, of my relationships, though. That would it's be like, most uh, of the people in my life. Yeah. It's like mom really fucking hated you when you first like. Yeah, that would be. I, you could say that about most people I'm with. I'm very. I, I'm very confident in myself. So if someone's going to enter my life, it's not because I need you. It's because you like add some sort of benefit, but I'm fine alone, like very much fine. So in that way, I'm very noncommittal. Oh, I got bad news in the house. So I sucks. saw your what Instagram happened? stories. <laughs> are you trying to, are you running a smear campaign against the person who bought it? No, but he was a I don't sad, even know who that person he is. He was a sad boy on his Insta stories last night. God. I'm devastated. That's tough. The pizza looked good though. Pizza Did it taste good? good? I tra- yeah, I tried to, <laughs> Like I couldn't even get this person to, for those of it heavy, for those of you people who don't know, I, my mom grew up on a lake house that my grandfather built in Wisconsin in the 60s. And when he died, 
when I was nine, the family sold it because it was like too much for my grandma to take care of. And it's a place I've dreamt about my whole life and always dreamed about buying it back. I have a tattoo of this house on my chest. And then it's like where my parents got engaged. Like the church down the street is where they got married. And I wanted to... And so like I always wanted to buy it back. And I'm in a position like where I'm actually looking at getting other real estate or whatever. But I found out... <clears throat> A week ago that I was up for sale only to find out that someone put an accepted offer on the day before I found out it was up for oh, sale. That's heartbreaking. And so, yeah. And then I reached out and tried to like, and I said, I tried to communicate to the buyer because I threw their agent and I just said, please tell them. Like this is the significance. Well, I told them the story, yes. And then I said, Unless you think it's, unless it's priceless to you, please call me. Because, and, and then I, I haven't got a hold of them. And then I made a sub significant offer. Like, <clears throat> like real, real money. Totally. <laughs> of like. And to the people of Wisconsin? <laughs> damn. To anyone. <laughs> like, it was, I wasn't wasting their time with like, and. They weren't even willing to like name their price. That's shocking to me. I just don't understand why. It, they would <laughs> never have any more significance than what you have to the house unless they're like your long lost brother. That's the thing. I, I put out a, a number, like, a, like a, a real fucking number to the point where it's just like, should I do this? But I don't care. Like, like, if you're going to so be bad? successful and make money, to me, this was like, this is what you spend it on. Totally. And like I want to give my parents the house. And like, I, you know, I live in Wisconsin, so like I can just enjoy it when I'm there. Right. And to be able to give my parents back the house her dad built. So like it was, it was the biggest dream yeah. come true of my life, only for it to be purchased by someone who is not like I, I literally was offering him money to just go away. Cause I, I they already accepted my secondary offer. So like I'm number two on the list. Right. I emailed the 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 buyer because like just so you know if you're in the the seller has less rights. The buyer can walk away if like escrow like things could like as long as the buyer does their job during escrow, the seller can't be like just kidding. I'm going to sell it to someone else for a higher price. And they were like, he's like, I'm heartbroken that I couldn't sell it because it's the same owner. The the guy who bought it from my grandfather. Oh. They've owned it for 31 years. Wow. And it does not like. But the person who is, they like wanted to apparently be on the lake. But then I found out about this other property of this lady who might be selling it. So I'm trying to like, I'm just yeah. I'm, like, I'm literally desperate to try to like. You're like becoming a real estate agent to uh -huh. elicit a different sale. <laughs> and I'm thinking about like going up higher, like trying a, like another, like a, a number that's unreasonable. And I don't even know if they'll take that because they won't, e they haven't even talked to me. They haven't even been willing to say. Right. Here's what we need. Slash even if it's an outrage, like a number I literally couldn't, don't even have. I just don't understand why, they, like, why they wouldn't communicate with you about it. You know, I, I don't know. I just like maybe they've had a really long time, like, looking for houses, and they're glad it's like, over. But I just don't see how you can like offer, hear the emotional, like, like the sentimental significance, the irreplaceable, like, 
place this role, like this house uh, has in your family and say, they could literally, sorry, just I make them money. I offered of the purchase price to walk away. They could just sit there and make money and keep going on their search. Yeah, to literally just get a check for doing nothing. Exactly. One seventh of the person. Odds that this is a family member. We just don't know. (laughs) It's your dad on the other side of like this whole transaction. Oh, then great. I mean, again, I'm I'm literally (laughs) trying to give it to my parents. I know. I'm just saying like who else would want it that badly? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like devastated. I'm trying not to like. Let's wrap this up so we can go cry. Anyway. Uh, we have a great episode for you. Uh, and Michelle is a, a delight. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Don't forget to send your questions at asknickacastmedia.com. Cast with a K for Ask Nick episodes. Uh, if you uh, are struggling with any type of relationship or situationship, we probably have some answers for you on Monday. And uh, other than that, let's get to Michelle. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. So excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Are you? I am. Good. Do I not look excited? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, how how are you overall? Like, wow. what's your? I know, big, general, loaded question. But just, how how are you feeling? I, you know, overall, I'm feeling actually really, really good. It's it's a lot to balance right now with teaching, with balancing this new crazy life that you have a spotlight on you, and so there's a lot of emotions that are going on, but um, I feel like I'm embracing them or trying to at least. Are you current? Are you still actively teaching right now? I'm actively teaching right now. Wow. Yes. So I have a group of fifth graders back in Minnesota. Yeah. How is that? Like, I, well, if we even like just step outside of the whole bachelorette world and balancing that, but the fact that like teaching this year is unreal. It's so unreal just in a, in a pandemic, just all of, the things that we're seeing from these kids with having done virtual school last year and being in survival mode, you know, there's just so much on teachers' plates. So that and all is is a lot. And then adding this bachelorette thing on top of it, um, it's gotten pretty interesting. <laughs> is it, it must be hard to, like, I would assume it's a challenge as a teacher in general is mm-hmm. to keep you, the kids focused on whatever it is you're trying to teach them. And there's always like distractions that come from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then here you are technically like the distraction. Like, is that an, how do you do um, that? Like, how do you, and there must be an excitement level every day, every like Wednesday morning. Like our. What I will tell you is luckily I'm in an elementary school setting. And so I feel like I'm able to keep that balance a little bit easier. Whereas, you know, 10 year olds, 11 year olds aren't necessarily watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Some, some of them do. Can you tell who's um, allowed and who's not? Oh, oh, the ones who do watch it definitely bring it to my attention. <laughs> um, but what's really cute is they'll, they'll just say something simple like, Miss Young, like I really liked your dress last night. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you. And then we move on. Um, and I'm able to kind of keep that line and just truly have my students know that we're going to focus on school. We're going to focus on them. And they know other things about my personal life. Like they know about my dog and about my family. But as far as like love life, eh, we don't go into detail with that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a lot. Was staying actively teaching a big priority when you accepted this role or did you ever uh, give any thought about like taking a leave of absence? Mm-hmm. I would say that for me, I feel like people in general are the happiest when you're doing something that you're passionate about. And this kind of role of being the bachelorette is something that 
I came into unexpectedly and wanted to take that opportunity to potentially find my person. But at the end of that, you know, taking a leave of absence, stepping away from something that I'm passionate about, I don't think I'd be able to stay as balanced. And so even though it's overwhelming and it can be stressful and there's like a lot on my plate right now, I feel like there's this other piece where I feel like I'm fulfilling something that I want to work towards and I feel like I'm going in the right direction. And so it's it's definitely been a tug of war match for sure, but um, it, it is keeping me balanced. Yeah, it kind of was grounded in a way. Oh, yeah. Oh, being a fifth grade teacher grounds you in general. Um, <laughs> but I will say that it's just been so nice because when I'm in that role as Miss Young, teaching is something I'm passionate about. Working with kids is something I'm passionate about. And I'm I'm able to do that. And I'm able to put the show down and not you know have to sit and think about it all the time because I, I don't think that's necessarily healthy either. And, and that's something that's really easy to do in this position. It's the bachelor world becomes your life yes. and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, if, and if I was passionate about that, hundred percent, but you know, it's something that I feel like I wanted to have this experience, but I wanted to make sure that I stayed true to who I was. And that's, that's uh, being working with kids. Do you anticipate uh, always being a fifth grade teacher or are there other things you want to do in education um, or, or are you just very happy with, with where you're at? I actually got into education because I wanted to become an administrator. So I think like my dream was to become an elementary school principal. And so right now I'm working towards that. When I went on mat season, I had to pause my master's um, towards working with that. And so that's something that I'm going to be picking back up. And like, that's where my heart is now with this. Yeah, there's other opportunities that open up and I can't say I'm going to be a fifth grade teacher for this many years because I truly don't know what doors are going to open, but I know what feels passionate to me and will stick to that. Right now it's a fifth grade teacher, but you know, in a year or two, it might be different. It might be in a role outside of the classroom where I'm still able to work with students or I'm still able to do something that's impactful for me. Do you, do you coach at all? I've coached basketball. I've done like personal training and things like that. Coaching in time, I right now I would love to coach um, and have had a few opportunities presented to me. But what's difficult is that right now I don't have the time to do that. And I want to make sure that when I step into that coaching role, I'm able to actually commit to that team and spend a ton of time with that team. And so right now it's just um, I'm mentoring a few athletes and that's kind of how handling that and eventually kind of once things settle down a little bit, definitely getting into coaching. I can see myself being like that teacher, coach, or administrator parent. So I would love to coach yeah, like my kids' like basketball team like or do, soccer yeah, or t-ball, yeah. whatever it is. You know, I would love that. So we're really enjoying you on this season. We, we think you're an excellent bachelorette. Um, one of my favorites of all time. Oh, I feel like that's a big compliment. It, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's interesting because okay, like for okay. different reasons, like, you know, like Hannah Brown's season was super fun to watch. There are a lot of compelling mm -hmm. characters. Life is stressful enough. Wouldn't you agree? I'm uh, expecting a collective nod from everyone listening to this podcast. Well, your healthcare shouldn't be. And uh, getting birth control, so I've heard in the market from the ladies I talk to every day, it's a real pain in the ass sometimes to get the 
the quality healthcare that you need. Also, like, you know, you can you don't want to visit the doctor for something like that. That's where the Pill Club comes in. They make it easy, affordable, convenient for you to get the birth control that you need. Not only for, you know, I don't know, controlling birth, but maybe, you know, your skin. There's, There's a lot of so reasons. Many so reasons many reasons why take birth control. Do you need to renew your birth control subscription? Do you want to switch birth control? Maybe try birth control for the first time. Whether you know your brand or want to find something better, the Pill Club medical team has your back. And they're here to help you streamline that process, make it easy for you uh, without scheduling a trip to the doctor's office or going into the pharmacy in person. They provide access to care from the comfort of your home and delivery to your door in discreet packaging. How do you ladies feel about the convenience affordability and uh, health of the pill club. I'm anti errands. Errands are the worst. They take time from like the meaningful stuff in life. And an annoying errand is having to go to the pharmacy every single month to get birth control. Mm. And it's like, come on, we've done it with groceries. We've done it with all with clothing. It's time for the birth control revolution. We got to make it easy. The pill club is a birth control subscription prescribed by a medical professional and delivered straight to your door for free. The Book Club carries over 120 FDA-approved brands. Most brands of birth control are free with insurance or Medicaid. Otherwise, prices start as low as $7 per month without insurance. The Book Club delivers birth control to your door for free in discreet packaging. Right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash V-I-A-L, the Pill Club is offering a $10 donation to bedsetter.org for every Viofile listener who becomes a patient. Your donation will help low-income individuals get access to the birth control through bedsider.org. That's thepillclub.com slash V-I-A-L to get your first birth control care package and donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember, thepillclub.com slash V-I-A-L. You must use the link to make a donation. You know what we love on this show? Convenience. And sometimes we're even too lazy to mix things. And that's where Go Macro comes in. In the face of adversity and a fight for survival against cancer, a mother and daughter took their love to the kitchen and Go Macro was born. Now they are spreading the power of a balanced plant-based lifestyle across the country with Go Macro. Available in 15 mouthwatering flavors packed with 100% plant-based ingredients to fuel your body and mind. Macro bars are made from simple, high-quality ingredients and uh, certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. Sounds like you're in a really delicious, healthy diet, and it's like super easy. I, all, I, all I know is they're good. They taste good. That's what I could tell you. Have a food allergy or dietary restriction? Go Macro offers three delicious nut-free flavors, including oatmeal, chocolate chip, maple sea salt, and sunflower butter plus coconut and non-certified FODMOP friendly flavors so that everyone can enjoy a delicious snack. Get a delicious snack and make sure it's healthy with Go Macro. That's right. It's mother-daughter owned and plant-based in a small rural community. Go Macro's mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle. So stock up on macro bars by going to gomacro.com and using promo code V-I-A-L-L for 30% off and free shipping on all orders over $50. You're doing such an amazing job of like handling the very difficult situation of being the lead of the show, right? Mm -hmm. It's a TV show. Having these authentic uh, conversations, uh, holding people accountable, and um, really leaning into the situation that you're having, um, which I think is, well, I know is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, having been in it and 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 having watched you, I think to myself, man, I, I I don't know if I would have handled it the same way that Michelle did in that moment. It's easy to like have a situation, and then after like the conversation ends, you're like, oh, I wish I would have said this, or I wish I would have yeah. handled it this way. Mm-hmm. 
and you seem to be really good at handling in the moment. And it seems really clear that you're someone who, well, I don't know, like where maybe I shouldn't assume because you seem really grounded and you listen very clear, cl closely, mm -hmm. like, like with Martin, you know, when he was like asking, you know, he just kind of casually threw out that, uh, women, all women in Miami are high maintenance. And I think a lot of, and yeah. I mentioned in the recap that I think a lot of people in that position might've taken the bait of just being like, yeah, I'm not high maintenance. You know, like I mm -hmm. think Martin in that moment was used to just having someone say, you're not like most women. And then that person receiving what perceives to be the compliment is like, yep, I'm better than everyone. But you took the time to ask, well, what do you mean by that and why? Mm -hmm. Have you always been that way? Does it come from teaching or does it come from your personal romantic experiences and the highs and lows? Because you seem like you have a lot of perspective and, and you're seeing that on the show. I think that definitely is something that I've kind of come into like this last year or two, just with when you're in this position and you're trying to get to know all these men and it's not a lot of time to get to know them, but there's serious conversations you have to dive right in. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in someone miscommunicating something. And so you almost have like this lens on, right? Where you are constantly looking for red flags and that can be great at times. And then it can also be a fault if you, you know, pick too much apart. And so with that, I think I just always wanted to make sure that when somebody said something that kind of like triggered a little bit of like an uneasy response instead of responding in a way where, you know, I either just like brushed it off or like bottled it up or just was confrontational. I double checked. And one way of doing that is just to ask, Okay, what do you actually mean by that? Mm -hmm. And kind of giving them a moment to like clarify it to make sure that I'm, you know, kind of absorbing it correctly. And it definitely comes from relationship where communication was a big issue where, you know, I think both parties miscommunicated and I kind of learned from that. And there were a lot of assumptions that were made at times and that can be solved with a lot of times just asking another question. <laughs> yeah. So like almost assumptions of, I think actually we were talking about this before you came in of like, um, sometimes when we're, we find ourselves uh, in relationships, we are emotionally vulnerable to being manipulated as a result of like, we were talking about like when I found out I was being cheated on, I was living with her and we were engaged. So like, I didn't like, I was very like susceptible to being manipulated by mm -hmm. her because I, the truth meant that I got engaged to someone who was willing to cheat on me. And I never imagined that for myself. Right. And, and I've learned, like I've learned to empathize with, you know, people that want to lie themselves in a tough situation. Like, have you ever been in an experience like that where like, when you said like, it'd be easier to assume, right? So when you said yeah. that, I thought to myself, like, I would assume that the truth was something that wouldn't say something about me that I felt like, oh, I, I, I'm the type of guy who would date someone who would cheat on me kind of thing. Um, and I realized that wasn't about me, you know, mm -hmm. but I, it took me a long time to get there. You know, you've talked about this past relationship in the past. And I'm more interested in about like all the things that you've learned about yeah. yourself, not necessarily talking about, mm -hmm. you know, that person, but, right. uh, 
it it took a lot for you, obviously, to acknowledge how long you stayed in that relationship that made you physically ill. Yeah. Uh, what were some other takeaways that you've learned about yourself that you're now applying to your dating life now? I think I'm somebody who always wants to give people the benefit of the doubt and wants to, you know, assume the best of everyone. And I think that's a really good characteristic to have. But I also think that that sometimes leads you to putting blinders on. And for me, I had to take that to the next step in order to not fall back into that pattern because it's not fun falling into that pattern. You know, when you're in a relationship where you feel alone, that's, that's a terrible feeling. And that's way more difficult than making a hard decision right up front. And so I think that's what I learned from that is that it's not going to, going to feel good always to listen to that gut reaction and that red flag. But in the end, it's going to be easier and out of your best interest to make those calls sooner rather than later. And I think that was just what I learned so much is what I'm willing to almost like put up with in a way or just like what I'm what I'm able to push through and what I feel like I'm not or it's not healthy to push through. And I think that's what I truly learned and that I know what I can provide in a relationship and how I care about the people in my life. And I want somebody who's going to match that. What is like a pet peeve of yours that like makes your eyes roll anytime you see it? Uh, either Ooh. in public or in a relationship. Like you just pet. can't get over that people do it. Oh, Ooh, this is such a hard question. I don't think I've ever answered this question before. Like a deal breaker or like a true pet peeve? Because I feel like pet peeves is like you get irritated, but you can move past it. Yeah, like, or like a deal breaker is like if somebody does Yeah, like this. a non-negotiable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, I guess one? it could be both. Like, I would say that my non-negotiable would be if they're not able to have conversations about diversity and race. That's a big thing for me. And um, that's something obviously you, yeah. I think you mentioned that you've experienced. It is something that I've experienced. And I think it's important. Like everybody's at certain different points with like their education and all that and all of that. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a man of color that I was necessarily looking for in this experience, but looking for somebody who is able to have those connections and are not connections, but able to talk about those conversations and have those difficult, uneasy, unsettling conversations and working towards educating yourself constantly, even myself included. And, and so I think that's a big deal breaker for me is if somebody doesn't want to have those or, you know, would shy away from having those. Yeah, because it almost seemed like a lack, I think, especially in a romantic situation, almost show a lack of a willingness to have empathy, you know, especially if you were dating someone who wasn't a person of color who, Mm -hmm. because like to dismiss the conversation outright would, it's like, okay, I guess I'll just deal with it myself. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, for me, it's just if, if someone's not willing to have that conversation with me, it means that they're not willing to learn how to understand me because it's it's a big thing that you know do you like people in general just like do you like having deeper conversations in general with your partner like are you hoping to something happens in the world and 
Mm-hmm. You have a feeling about it. Do you like diving deep with your partner or do you like it kind of being more <laughs> fun? I, I like I like having a partner who can, you know, wear multiple hats. Like I want to be able to have all different levels of conversation. I'm a very playful person. I want someone who's going to joke around with me. I want somebody, you know, where you're stuck in a room with them or if you were in an elevator and the elevator stopped working, you'd be able to just like hang out, make the best of it, just talk about anything. But then it's also important to have those deep conversations. So it's like, I'm not leaning towards one type of conversation, but more looking at somebody and can you have all these different types of conversations? Because, you know, because like, think about teaching and education. Like there's so much that a teacher deals with during the day. There's so many things that can be infuriating, just like about students slipping through the cracks in the whole school system. And you come home and you're stressed. And there's times where you do want to talk about that, but then there's times where that becomes so emotionally exhausting that you want to be able to have a partner who can just be lighthearted with you too. So it's like this balance of being able to do both. What is a trait that you need from your partner to make you feel the most safe in a relationship? I have to be able to trust them 100%, like without a doubt, especially in this position, right? Like there's so much with social media. There's so much with, you know, rumors, you know, of what I can imagine. And and this is probably only going to be the start of all of it. Yeah, I me bring that up, so I'll bring this up. Like I, I, I heard a rumor about Nate recently. And I'm trying to figure out who you pick, whether Joe or Nate. I guess it could it's be... It's down between the two? Huh? It's between for me. the two for you? For me. Okay. You're doing so well. What do you mean? <laughs> with your to- you said with your top four, you're doing so well. <laughs> Are you saying I got it wrong? Huh? <laughs> hey. <laughs> what? Huh? Did Dang. you just give yourself away? Dang. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. I feel like she's running cover. You really that quick, huh? Well, I think you're. I think you're quick enough to try to throw me off. Yeah, that was a good response. Yeah. Okay. 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 She's like, I'm not gonna let him just assume that I my top two is that obvious. No, but what I'm saying is just even with all of the seasons and coming home after filming, and I talked about this with the guys while we were kind of going through the whole filming process. Is that you go through this experience, and when you're in it, it's difficult. But the difficult part is that when you get out of it, if you do end up with somebody, you that's the difficult part. While the world is watching all of this oh, unfold yeah. and people have their assumptions. And so it's the most difficult part. Even yeah, even even my cast, like there's been so many different things that have been said about all of these men. And you know, there's times where the internet takes it and runs with it. There's times where, yeah, there might be truth to it, there might not be truth to it. And so it's just really understanding that piece and being able to work through that. So how do you handle that? Like, you know, these guys are going out, right? They're not, they're allowed to go to bars and now they're public figures and and they walk in and people Mm -hmm. get excited and then people are drinking alcohol. Women can get flirty. Are you trying to hint at a specific rumor? I heard a rumor that Nate was at a bar and he was flirting (laughs) and, and regardless, but like that's that, that, that story or that Mm -hmm. rumor is a rumor told by almost everyone who goes on the show. That's and it's, true. it's a situation that it's not the first time some a frontrunner from the show has gone to a bar who is seen being flirty with someone. Right. Like what is, and, but if you're in a relationship with someone who mm-hmm. you hear that, you don't want to hear that. And you want 
your partner to protect the relationship. But at the same time, you know, people can say, oh, he was flirting with, I mean, there's a lot of times people will say like, oh, they were being flirty. And it's just like, I don't know, I saw that they said hi to you, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. they weren't being flirty. So how, yeah. when you deal with in a relationship, like a, a rumor or something that's hard to hear, how do you go mm-hmm. about handling it? Because your fears might say, well, how do I know I can trust you versus, I know that's how I felt too. It's just like, well, do you believe your partner because they're your best friend and like that's the person you're loyal to? Or do I, you know, listen to what I'm hearing at the risk of making my partner feel like I don't trust them? Like, how do you balance that out? Right. Well, can we even talk about who, who doesn't have a rumor out about them at this point? Right. But, you know. I feel like there's room. I mean, hey, light skin baller, right? <laughs> it just never True stops. Yeah. Right? Exactly, though. But it's just like it, it is comical. And it's like, it's just not something that I spend my energy on. And I felt like walking into the role as the bachelorette, I knew that this was going to be, you know, part of the storyline for anybody as you're basically showcasing your entire life, relationships, everything to the entire world. And, you know, things come up and, but for me, it's like, if I questioned or if I did my job correctly as a bachelorette, it means that I asked the questions that I needed to ask. And why do I feel like you're staring at me like that? You're trying to like observe, analyze my body language of who it is. Do you see this over here? I see you. Are we learning a lot about each other? You're calling me out, so I'm calling you out. I see you. I see you across the table. Okay. But I realize that like if I do my job as a bachelorette, that means that I'm asking the right questions that I need to ask to be able to build a strong relationship and truly be able to let all of my walls down and trust somebody. And so that means that if I do end up with a person who there are rumors, you know, that come out and it's only a um, amount of time where there's probably going to be another one, you know, thrown out about me. And it's just like, I'm making that conscious effort to have those conversations because on this other end of it, once I get to the other side of that, like the person that I am or am not standing next to, if I, whoever that is, it's like they, I have to be able to trust them unwaveringly. And if I feel like I can't do that, then I wouldn't step into the real world with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, except the only thing I would say is that you must, like being the lead, there's a it's a huge leap of faith no matter what, right? Wouldn't you agree or no? It is a like, leap of faith. Only so much we can learn in those hundred percent nine accurate. weeks or whatever accurate. it was. It is a leap of faith. Um, but with that being said, I think that you're able to get a read on character at times too. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that, hey, like th- could this could everything go wrong for a lead? Absolutely. Are you allowed to say whether you're happy in a relationship or not? Have we? I'm not allowed to say. I'm, you're you not. It's different every I'm season. I'm in a wonderful relationship with myself. <laughs> so she's not allowed to say. She's not allowed to say. Okay. Was uh, that enough? Okay. That's fine. But they literally decide. Mm-hmm. It's like today, this season, we're going to say they're happy, and other times, it's like I was someone who was not allowed to say that. Um, um, so like, you asked that you put me in the spot. That's. Sorry. Dang, I thought we were on the same team here, we, Nick. We, we are. <laughs> just, I 
you know. But um, but yeah. There's, so you there's might be single. Certain, you might be in a relationship. There's just a certain level of trust that I would need to have in order to walk away from this experience with somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and when you say like it's a huge leap of faith, right? That's are you talking about like engagement? Because I know that's like the ideal. That's what Bachelor Nation wants. That's what the world wants. They want an engagement. But it's like not this formula that you necessarily have to follow. Like you can walk away. Yeah. I mean, that's... You can walk away by yourself. You can walk away in a relationship. And so that leap of faith, you know, there might be different levels of leaps of faith. Fair enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show has progressed that way in a good way. If, if to be totally honest, I and it wasn't necessarily coming from producers, mm-hmm. but and I wanted it to work out, but right. I felt like I had to get engaged. I can understand why people would feel that pressure just from the audience itself. Yeah, you know. And so we're we. You must have thought about that going in like mm-hmm. what percentage of do you did you feel any pressure or were you determined to say i could be in love but not ready to get engaged and therefore i won't like how mm-hmm. what was that thought process like for you as you entered the i season? actually had this conversation with my family because my parents asked me that question of do you really think that you can get to know somebody to the level that you did to get engaged at the end of this And if so, like, would you be okay with walking away with relationship or would you be okay with walking away by yourself? Um, Could you handle that pressure? And for me, it's like, I I wouldn't have stepped into the role as a bachelorette if I wasn't 100% sure that I could just follow what I needed and what was best for me. Because like there are, everyone has their opinions. Everyone wants that beautiful love story at the end. And I mean, walking into it, yeah, I want that too. But also me doing something for the audience and for the public is not going to get me anywhere. And frankly, like this position as the bachelorette, it is amazing. There are awesome opportunities that present itself, but it's also a reality TV show. And, you know, one week it's something and the next week it's another thing. And after my season airs and, you know, after a certain point, it, it, it's not what everybody's talking about. And at that end of that, I'm the one that has to live with my decision. So whether that's being alone, whether that's being in a relationship, whether that's being engaged, it's just, it, it's me that has to live with that. And everybody's attention is elsewhere. And it's like, there might be pressure. There might feel like they're, it's pressure. It's not going to always be a breeze, but at the end of it, it's like, I'm the one that has to live that life. One thing I've learned or realized for me, and I think being on the shows help solidify that feeling is that feeling in love doesn't necessarily mean I'm in love. And Are you talk, like infatuation. Yeah, sure. Do you feel like it's easier to be infatuated in this process where like there is, you know, one gender and then everybody's yes, ruling over them? Yeah, I mean, I think right? the show is designed <laughs> brilliantly to elicit those emotions. <laughs> and then there's the pressure. Um, yeah, and I think it's designed to make you feel like you're truly fighting Mm-hmm. you know, for a relationship, you know, whether mm-hmm. if in as a lead, 
I suspect that you gravitated towards two or one or three. <laughs> and, and to solidify those and protect those, you know, you have a protective quality, it seems like, obviously, as a teacher. And you have to deal with all the personalities and you got you to gotta make mm-hmm. all these other men kind of feel like validated and welcomed at times, but still protect the ones that are really meaningful to you. And so when you get to the end, that can make you feel an inflated feeling towards anything when you feel like you've really fought for that. And like, how did, and, and how did you like level with your emotions yeah. as you, you know, what was, what was the, and that's something I never figured out. Like what, how much is this very stage atmosphere that's very controlled that can elicit real emotions, but like, versus like, how am I going to feel when I decompress or leave this world? Mm-hmm. And yeah, how did you grapple with that? Or did you even worry about it? I would say that I honestly came in with a true open mindset. And whether that's like my teacher wiring, where these kids come in a classroom and they have all these different backgrounds, like these men are coming in, they have all these different stories. And I did, like I kept myself open, genuinely kept myself open. And there are, you know, obviously connections. It's like human, like let's be realistic. Like, yes, there are, there com- there are connections that are stronger than others. But every time someone came and sat down, and had a conversation with me, I truly was open because you can be you can be at one spot and then you can have a two minute conversation and that can like skyrocket. Or you, you know, you see something that you or really align with. Yeah. Or it could or it could make or break it. It really is. It's it's a make or break it kind of system. And it's like for me, I truly did stay open. I genuinely care about the men who are my season. And I felt like they genuinely cared about me too. And I think that's where that authenticity, that, you know, genuine nature, it kind of took that worry off my plate a little bit. A couple of rapid fire questions about some of the men. Okay. Who surprised you the most? <laughs> Good or bad? Both. <laughs> well, my, well, my second question, maybe we'll, no, hold on. Let's start with this. I got another question. Um, when did you realize that Martin was a fuck boy? Oh my gosh. Uh, Okay, I don't, I hate that word. <laughs> I hate that phrase. Why? I don't know because, because it's a fad. I don't know. It's like, it's it's what, it's what, I don't know. It's just a label. Of, I get what you know, you're saying, yeah. And everything like that. And then like at the end of it. Do you think it's an unfair criticism? Um... No, I don't necessarily. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I what 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 entails a fuckboy? Well, yeah, that's a, a, a for debate. <laughs> what I characteristics? Actually, like, let's talk about right. Like, yeah. how are you? How are you identifying? I guess one? I identify it as someone because I I would call like a player someone who like actively manipulates and lies and disingenuous about their feelings in order to like, you know hook up with people, right? Yes. I, mm-hmm. I would I personally think like a fuckboy might be someone who's just kind of in that part of his life where he is I'm not like I'm not into relationships. I'm going out, I'm popping the bottles and I'm just like See, upfront about like expectations. You could call I don't know like Martin and I never talked about like his social life. 
right? If that's what you're entailing is like the, no, the I suspect, going yeah. out and, and all this different stuff. Like for me, that is that what a lot of people are saying right now? Yeah. For no, me, that's what like, I'm that's what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> I just like he, re- he to me. Right. Which he, he, he might come off as yeah. that. For me, I it, it's just like, I don't, didn't like certain parts of conversations where like I sent Jamie home. And yeah. then on our one-on-one date, he, he kind of questioned that decision-making. And for me, it's like, I made like, if you're going to be my partner, you got to believe in what I am saying and what I'm doing Yeah. and regardless. And so it was just kind of, there are these phrases that were just red flags and uh, Miami girls being high maintenance um, and things like that. It's just like, that's just not, I don't know. That just yeah. that, would, that that would never come out of my mouth. He Mark <laughs> not necessarily a bad yeah, person, but Mark, like it's not gonna come out of my mouth. Yeah, I think what we what did we say about Martin? He he seems to have he has some grown up to do. I felt like he needs to maybe be a little bit more enlightened about his point of view on maybe yeah. like I like is there an even he's playing into his field? Bros. Yeah. yeah, like I, I wasn't you, really sure if there was it was just this thing where he never truly respected me I felt like um and that's that's not I felt like he was preaching respect at times and then there are times where I felt like he was really questioning me and even in his like interview he said that I was the one that was misunderstanding and (laughs) and for me if whether I was or not which looking back on it I don't feel like it was on me (laughs) um but but like even if I was in that position and there was a misunderstanding, I wouldn't put it on the other person regardless. I wouldn't phrase it like that. I wouldn't, you know, that just kind of shows a view. So like for me, I'm like, okay, well, in these conversations, if I choose Martin in life, what would life actually look like? And if we have an argument, you know, is this other person truly listening to me? Do I, am I truly able to like, am I, is he hearing me and just hearing my voice speak or is he listening? Right, is it actually like open to what I'm saying? Yeah, it was pretty clear watching it. And I think well, that's why I jokingly call him a fuckboy because when you asked him the why question, he, you could tell he was very used at saying whatever. Talked a lot, but said nothing. Interesting observation. That's how I read Martin. And, and I think he's used to getting away with that. And I think he's the type of guy that guys who are cheating on their girlfriends would count on Martin to lie for him. <laughs> wow. I think you know, call. You're like I was at I was oh at I was at Martin's goodness. house, and Martin's like, yeah, yeah, Jamie was with me. A hundred percent. So you just can't trust him. <laughs> yeah, his I, whole I, you, persona. I think your you pay opinion to, is oh my gosh. You know, am I right or wrong? Here's the deal. I just after that conversation, I did give him a rose and looking back on it, it's like you sighed. Eventually, <laughs> I eventually got to the point where I'm like. Hey, I, I'm not going to sit here and say anyone's a bad person. No, I, I don't know anyone. I, I don't know anyone's true story. You're just, not you. my, you're just not my person. Yeah. Um, and and I don't want to have conversations like that. I think those conversations can be avoided. Or a person who's closed-minded like that, at times it's like, that's that's not my person. And so once I truly let him go, like I truly let him go. And so it's, I, I never was one to just sit back and think of, okay, what kind of person is he actually? Is he this or that? It's like, in this situation, he's not my person, and and that's it. And so now, 
And you know? were you pretty, because it seemed like you had a pretty decent connection with him at first. Would, would, I did. Yeah. I did. So he was one of the more he was one of the surprise stronger, disappointments. Yeah, he was definitely one of the stronger connections for sure. And if I he think he took off those glasses. You know, it's just like smooth. Fogging up. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows oh what he's doing. Goodness. Uh, who is someone who surprised you in an unexpected way where maybe night one, we're not on your radar, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. Rodney. Yeah. Although I feel Rodney got a one on one that second week. So I guess that was kind of a quick turnaround. But him, he just, he was so sweet and he was just genuine. But I wasn't sure if it was going to be able to move past like that friendship level. And then after that one-on-one, he's just, he was just so much fun. And he was so caring and so passionate and just was like your biggest cheerleader. And that's a relationship that turned around really quickly. And I came to really, really admire. So as the season progresses, you've been really open about what you're looking for and what you've been through. And you've talked a lot about in past relationships and you being a teacher, like having to be the one who like almost kind of carries the relationship in some aspects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as someone who's lo- looking for their forever person, you kind of want that balance. And I look at Joe and I look at Nate and I feel like, and, you know, I don't know what you're allowed to say, but <laughs> feel like you're going to be forced to make a choice between, see, it seems like Nate is uh, might be the type of guy or personality you've always gone after and chased. And he elicits that immediate response. He's very charming. He's charismatic. Uh, he's fun, you know, Nate's. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, but like when it gets down to it, like I wonder if you're going to be, you know, like you're, uh, the question I'm anticipating you asking yourself as we watch the season is like, will this be different than the past relationships? And with Joe, I feel like there's a, like a deep connection here. He's quite, he reminds me of your dad, as you mentioned. Yeah. But like also with Joe, will he be able to, he seems more introverted, you know, um, like, like I, I could picture Joe going out and being in his head, people thinking he's coming across as aloof. Like my, you know, I, I see a lot of myself in Joe. Um, and so like you might also have to like with Nate, you could go to a party and he will people coming around Nate and 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 be like, oh Nate's great. And you the can let Nate do it. Do you mm-hmm. let Nate Nate do his thing? Where I think in other times in relationships you felt like you almost had to like carry that person along. And with Joe, you might have to do a little bit of that. But at the same time, Joe, I feel like has been willing and showing those kind of deeper connections and willing to really connect with you on a personal level, where it seems like Nate struggles with that a little bit. Where like when you try to like ask Nate a question, he kind of gives a yeah, you know, I'm just Nate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but Nate. I'm just Nate, you know? Like, uh, like what did I say? I'm sick, you know? Like, and I feel like that will be your big challenge, which I'm selfishly looking forward to watch. You struggle with that because it's good oh TV. <laughs> you're, you're looking forward to my emotional pain. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I also think you're more than capable of, of going through that mm-hmm. decision-making process. And I'm curious yeah. is of those things we talked about, like what in past relationships have you felt like you haven't had the more, like what, what feeling are you chasing more and your forever person? That was probably one of the biggest like internal conflicts that I was having. And I think uh, it was Tasha actually who gave me the advice of 
be truly be open to all people because you can chase after the person that you've always chased after or you can also be open to other relationships and you know I, I was sitting in a bachelorette position because my other relationships haven't worked and so there were definitely moments where you know the audience is going to see me kind of toggling and trying to figure out what characteristics you know and I'm, I'm a very extroverted person like you know that whole thing like opposites attract mm-hmm. and so Joe's definitely an opposite in the sense where he's very introverted um but at the same time, like he had these extroverted moments and it's really hard. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is an uncomfortable situation with like cameras and all that stuff. And it's like, I almost looked for the person who wasn't smooth mm-hmm. sometimes because it kind of signified that like, this isn't normal. Like it's, you like trusted the moments when they shined? Um, Not shine, like quirky moments. Yeah. Like, you know, if somebody's awkward. authentic? not yes in a way at times it's like if you're sitting in a room full of however many cameras all these produce like everybody you know and you're just like chill cool it's like okay I'm not really sure how to feel about that you know whereas I felt like the guys who were really nervous and honestly I feel like they all were for a long time hey maybe that's why they didn't talk to me at the sleepover date um (laughs) love y'all but um but uh yeah, it was just like, I kind of took everything into consideration. And I've never been one for like a smooth talker. I don't know. I've never been wooed by the smooth talker. Hmm. So maybe it's not Nate. <laughs> maybe Rodney wins. <laughs> Rodney, oh my God. Rodney's, you, I'm sorry, but if anyone hates on Rodney, Rodney no, is no like the best person yeah. on this planet. No, I, Rodney's what I, you know, I, what I hear, what I love about Rodney is why I hate Skip, I call him Skippy, Chris. Chris S. Can't stand him. Um, <laughs> and, and Rodney and, and Chris, for every, yeah, like I said, for Rodney, and I, I think Rodney undersells himself. Like he's clearly a very handsome guy, right? But his whole like, I'm never the best looking or the tallest in a room. And I think I love, like I've always said, like real confidence is when you can own your insecurities. You know, it's like that's, that takes confidence to say, I, I feel so confident. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I love, I love that Rodney can talk about his insecurities and, and look at and be in the same room with Joe and Nate and still be his authentic, true self. Mm-hmm. And someone like Chris, shockingly, gets even smaller than he is in life, metaphorically, when he is threatened by someone. And that's what I love. What I love about Rodney. He's 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 great that way. Rodney is just this like passionate, respectful, funny. He he doesn't think he's charismatic, but he's very charismatic. I mean, he has everyone laughing in the room. He lights up the room too. Mm. You know, he lights it up in a different Ronnie, way. No? no, maybe you're good at. You're definitely really good at. <laughs> not giving it away except that I feel like my biggest takeaway of this interview is that you don't pick Nate I could be wrong I could be wrong can you explain help us understand mm-hmm. uh, now that we know he is gone why Clayton is the next Bachelor because we've we've been struggling um, and he seems like a really nice I fellow say, what, are you, what are you struggling with well up until 
uh, your one-on-one date. Mm-hmm. He's we've only seen him smile when he gets to beat up someone <laughs> through like a oh, game. Really? Well, you know, like the I games guess. that they're having. It's like I don't, I don't. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a violent guy, but he's mm-hmm. obviously a big, large guy. They just haven't shown. He's being outshined by Brandon, Nate, Joe, mm-hmm. Rodney, literally everyone. Yeah. And we're just not seeing. We don't know him. We don't know anything about him. And I'm as someone who got to spend time with him. Yeah. Why is Clayton, uh, why should we look forward to following his love story? What I feel like with Clayton is, you know, when you're looking, I guess I feel like people look for like what makes a good bachelor, good bachelorette. Everybody has their own opinion. Like Some people are like, do you genuinely want to find your person? Like that's probably the biggest thing that people look for, right? Sure. Then the yeah. second, maybe, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but really? why should we care about their story? Why should we care about, okay, why should we care about Clayton's story? I saw a lot of personal growth with Clayton. Like the man was just reflecting so much. And in our conversations, he did really talk about what he's learned and how, like you, you could almost like see this person mold and not necessarily like impressionable, but he truly was reflecting and growing from like point A where he started and point B where he ended. And like a big part of this is being able to be vulnerable, being able to talk about emotions and things like that. And I think audience is going to see like a moment where he truly does just kind of collapse and he pulls on the heartstrings, you know? And yeah, I think there's a lot of men from this season who want to find their person and who are genuine people. And, you know, Clayton's being given that opportunity. And I, I do, I hope he takes it and runs with it. Yeah. Cause like, uh, I'm, I'm invested in Brandon's love story. I'm invested yeah. in Rodney's love story. I'm invested in Joe's love story. What's so hard. Yeah. I mean, what's so hard is that like, obviously Clayton, I mean, it's not me and Clayton's love story, but like the person who gets that next love story, the person who gets that next bachelor love story uh, how, I mean is like the audience trying to figure out who deserves that position more than the other yeah I mean you I don't know? look at I, like, yeah, I like hate the word deserve because like who deserves you know I mean? it yeah. right but it's like when people are sitting here and trying to rank of who should be the next bachelor who should be the next bachelorette it's like you know we don't know all of Clayton's story and that's the thing is, is we don't we're about to find out yeah <laughs> you know we are about to find out but it's like no you're not going to see necessarily as much of Clayton's love story because it's not our love story and this this season is my love story and you are seeing other love stories within them that that have stronger connections and those are the ones being shown and so I mean do I think Clayton's a great person yeah I do and I, I do feel like he genuinely wants to find his person and um he's the one that's being given this opportunity and I'm definitely not a person to sit and say who's deserving more than others just because of you know yeah, our connection. I, mean, I wasn't asking if he wasn't deserving. I'm just curious <laughs> why. Sh- I mean, he is the why? bachelor. I mean, We're going to have to watch. Mm-hmm. Why should we be excited? I, I do, just want. I, I want to be excited. I, I, you want to be excited. The, here's the thing, though: is is just I don't know as much about Clayton as I did, you know, the other guys who are still around, sure. and I think that he's somebody who just can truly almost. Um reflect and then be able to talk about his emotions. Okay. That's a big part. Uh, what is the hardest part about dating you? Oh, um, I probably put too much on my plate at times. I'm a really bad texter. 
<laughs> really bad texter. Like you don't Let reply. me explain this. Let me explain this. No, uh, yeah. No, I do. But for me, I, I really focus on the people who are in front of me. So when I'm in my classroom, I don't, I'm like, I'm not really on my phone. Like I don't touch my phone. And when I'm with friends, I try to stay off my phone. When I'm with my family, you know, I try to stay off my phone. And so it's, I think at times, you know, if you're in a relationship, especially if this ends in a relationship, you'd be doing long distance, right? And mm. a lot of that's texting. Right. A lot of that's communicating over the phone. And for me, it's like, I focus on the people in front of me. So would it have to be a person who's stable with not texting back and forth all day? Absolutely. That's hard to find. Yeah, so like- That's hard to find. Like it, Well, I was gonna say, you're <laughs> almost like, uh, you're, you answered your like bad habit by like, uh, like cause like what is really good about My, the answer is you're, you're present. You're good yes, at being present. I'm good at being present. Yeah, I'm good at being present. Yeah, but not but, not necessarily great for long. But distance. I go 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 yeah. go go, and I never slow down, and that can also be hard for a person who's dating me because I don't slow down. You if, know, I'm very independent. Yeah. There we go. I'm very independent. <laughs> if you're in a relationship, is it a non-negotiable for the person you're in a relationship with to move to Minneapolis? Um, no. I that's literally all I've been seeing. That's what I. That's what all, like the whole world thinks. I grew up like, in Rick, Minnesota. Like, Rick, are you going to move to Minneapolis? Right. Are you like, yes. If you said yes to moving to Minneapolis, you're still here. If you said no, you're you're gone. Okay, yeah. Absolutely not. So you're 100% okay. team, team decision. I have no idea what opportunities are going to present itself. I have no idea if I will be in Minnesota, if I will be somewhere else. You know, like right now I'm in Minnesota. Right now I'm invested in something I'm passionate about in Minnesota, but can that change? Yeah. Especially when, you know, when and if a person comes into that picture, completely changes. What's one emotion that you often feel that gets you in trouble sometimes, like a destructive emotion that you like, <laughs> especially if, if you feel reactive or triggered by something, what is something you have to be like, oh, Michelle, ring it in. Ring it in, ring it in. Oh, oof. I don't even know. You are coming in hot with these questions. Sorry. I'm impressed. No, I like these. They, they make me think. <laughs> I feel like I'm like reflecting right now. <laughs> I mean, we go to the basics. We can be like, have like an internal crisis after I leave here. Color. <laughs> um, uh, I would just, I would say that, I mean, there are times where like I second guess myself, you know, where you like, is this person into me? Is this person not into me? I think that's something that I was trying to figure out as the bachelorette. Sure. And just because I have been in relationships where I've been the person who's invested more. And so that really, really hurt me. And that's honestly what fell. That's like why the relationship fell apart. It's why I became toxic. All these different things is that I, I was just so much more invested. And so I think when I'm starting to build relationships, I'm definitely like, am I more into them than they are into me? And I'm trying to like constantly yeah. feel that out. And it's not like this jealousy feeling. It's more this uncomfortable of like wanting to retreat, wanting to not be vulnerable, wanting to not, you know, be all in. Yeah. Cause like, it seems like you're someone, <clears throat> and I have that feeling. I think a lot of people do. I think a, a lot of women feel this as well. Like you, you're a fighter. Could would, could someone accuse you of have been a fixer in the past, or like, you know, uh, like, it, it, like a fixer, as in, um, like in you, a you, like, you date like you as in you date somebody 
and you date them for their potential? Well, not yeah. Well, not it's not for, why you date them, but like you have an athletic background, you're competitive, mm-hmm. and so I think if that translates into into your personal relationships, when you see like the red flag yeah. or you see the problem, a part of us, and I think a lot of people relate to this feeling is. Oh, let's work through it. You know, our, mm. you know, I, my parents still married. You're, you know, oh yeah. And it's just like you know, you always teach you. Say, hey, there's the good and bad in relationships. Yeah. You got to work through the bad. So you're just mm-hmm. like a younger us was just like, okay, well, it's this is bad. We'll just work through the bad. Absolutely. And yes, how do you, you hit now it right know? On the head. And, and now in your life, what? And, and here you are, maybe in a relationship. And if you are, you certainly there's there's going to be some struggles. Right. How do you know how to separate from things that? you should be willing to work on that are just problems <laughs> to get through or listening to your gut versus like, no, like I don't, this is like a non-negotiable, like things that you treated as pet peeves in the past that are truly non-negotiables. I like, really you, like the way yeah. that you put that. I feel like I'm having like a revelation right now. <laughs> so how are you You're good at that? your job. Um, <laughs> you but, sound so surprised. <laughs> me? Yes. <laughs> Will you actually do something here? <laughs> Just kidding. <It's> fine. <laughs> See, everyone's laughing. <laughs> They're like, yes, call it how it is. I'm just messing with you. Um, it's a common reaction. That is probably the most important thing that I've transitioned with is being that person who will be willing to fight through anything, right? Like once you're in love, once you fall in love, it's like they say love is blind. And you just go, you don't want to give up. You don't want to quit. You can fix anything. But in those moments where I was trying to fix, my gut was telling me something else. And so now what I realize is that in my relationships, there are going to be moments where there are things that I'm going to want to fix. And if my gut is telling me red flags, then that's when I have to choose to listen to that and choose maybe, you know, it's not quitting but stepping away from a relationship sometimes is the healthiest option. And so being able to listen to my gut on that and actually do what my gut is saying, because sometimes it's not always what we want. Is there a moment in this season where we're going to be able to see that type of situation where you had to maybe listen to your gut versus, you know, like what you might have in the past treated as a more of a pet peeve that you could fix? Yeah, you're definitely going to see me have this moment where, you know, maybe I didn't want to ask hard questions like we talked about because you're afraid of the answers where your feelings are and all these different things. And there is a point where, you know, where I decide that I I have to, like I, I did not come this far to not ask the hard questions, regardless of where, who it is, how deep the connection I feel it is. Like you have to ask those questions and you have to be straightforward with those questions. And um, that's definitely a point that I get to in the season. I feel like she doesn't end up with Nate. Um, all right. I do or I don't? Don't. That's my guess. <laughs> Why do you look, you look so disappointed? No, I, uh, if you. Wait, who's your, who's, I really, who's I, your pick? I really like Nate and like at first when the season opened up, it was like, I was like, I don't know, Joe, like, I don't know. Like also that's not technically ghosting. Can we agree on that? That's what (laughs) I know. It's what people, yeah. I don't, I don't know who, I can't, you know me. (laughs) No, we went back, we talked back and forth. And then he didn't respond. Right. But ghosting is like, 
if like what is ghosting <laughs> talking to someone up, having an expectation look and then up like ghosting look up ghosting on, I don't trust on the internet. urban dictionary yeah. right now you don't uh, trust the internet <laughs> no not when it comes <laughs> you, to you diagnosing people what, oh, you're throwing me all these things that the internet yeah. says <laughs> no i mean go, real ghosting i what i think is is if yeah. you have an expectation you're dating maybe you're like in a relationship and they just don't call like you're just gone Really? That so happens. You, okay, so you're like, you have to be invested for a certain amount of time. There's an expectation it. of yeah. like tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I would say whether, whether, however anyone wants to define it, it was just, I, I was looking to make sure that Joe was there for the right reasons, yeah. call it cliche, and that, that he'd be willing to have hard conversation, conversations. And so, you know, I could have labeled it as ghosting, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, so when the season started, <laughs> I was like on the fence at, about Joe. Because of that, yeah. I was like, you know, was could too. he be the villain? Like, could he, you know, like he, the classic of he's from your hometown and not Got villain it. in a real sense, but like he could have a target on his back from some of the guys and how's this going to play out? Uh, I still like Nate, but Joe has won me. Like I kind of, I'm, I'm hoping you end up with Joe. Mm-hmm. I like, I like the relationship there. I feel like there's a good balance mm-hmm. and I, 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 I trust Joe's feelings with you so far from yeah. what I'm seeing versus like, I'm, I'm waiting for Nate to like, it's like, we get it, Nate, you're smooth. And I like you and I like how he's handled the Chris and he was in a tough situation, but I'd like to see him open up a little bit more. Um, okay. So that's how I'm, where I'm at right now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my feeling. Uh, what are you watching these days? Like, what are your what are your guilty pleasures? What are you enjoying? Um, the inside of my eyelids. I'm a teacher, <laughs> and I'm exhausted. Okay, sleep. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't like, of my like, it's on HBO. Have you heard it's, of it? Yeah. I, was, I honestly was like, oh my god, <laughs> what platform is like, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's over here searching for this new show on Hulu and Netflix and can't find it. But um, no, really, I I've never <laughs> I've never been like a a TV person, I would love to be able to sit down and binge watch a TV show. I cannot do it. I get so antsy and I just get up and start moving. And and right now I just don't have time. I mean, I can put on a show, but I fall asleep. I mean, I'm the type of person who in a relationship, like I would spend an hour trying to figure out what movie to watch. And then once we get on that movie, I'm asleep within five minutes. Sounds like being on the bench, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. One more t- tough question before we get into reel some softballs and then wrap it up. Okay. Uh, quality about your parents. Your parents obviously are close to you. You admire them. We mm-hmm. all admire our parents. As we get to be adults, we our parents are humanized and we see them as humans and not heroes anymore. Yeah. And I'm wondering what are uh, what's a quality about your parents that you've admire about the relationship as individuals, and then what's something about them where you're like, hey, I'm going to try not to do that. Thank you. I still love you. You're still my hero. But like a, a quality about their relationship you've learned not to do that you don't want in a relationship, maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> Just picturing my mom and dad listening to this after. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, but their ability to just work through arguments, I would say, is what I've absolutely loved. And kind of them having a conversation with me when I was younger, just in high school, about learning what type of fighter you are like what how you handle arguments because there are people who fight and need to then step away to get clarity and there are people who if they have a bunch of downtime they snowball and they burn and they bubble and then they're fuming and my mom and dad are exact opposites and they had to learn how to compromise and then how to like solve those arguments when somebody was upset 
do you step away? Do you, you know? And so like, that's the biggest thing that I feel like I bring into my relationships, even my friendships. It's, it's a good conversation to have. Like, you know, when we get in an argument, how are we going to like, truly, I mean, now, your do you close fight? friends, how do you, how do you fight? Yeah. Like, do you need to step away for Cause for me, it has to be somewhere in the middle. Like if we just put it down for the day, I will be on some other level by the like by the time we sit down and talk to talk about it. Doesn't mean I'm raising my voice and yelling, but it's not comfortable. I can't focus. Um, but a trait that I feel like I would put down. I'm very much a risk taker, a huge risk taker. Sometimes to the point where like my family's like, you're going on a reality TV show. You're doing what? You're gonna you're gonna change the world with a reality TV show. <laughs> Yeah, with like, all this change I'm in the like, world shit. I'm like, <laughs> watch me. <laughs> I know, <laughs> just just watch me. Watch, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. But um, continuing to be that risk taker, even when you get older, you know? Um, and it does, it, it does change things when you have kids. And I would love to be like, I'm never going to worry. I'm not going to worry to the extent that, you know, your parents worry about you. But for me, it's just, I want to make sure that I continue to have those adventures. And I think they do, they do, you know, within their relationship, but I want to be traveling the world when I'm 80, 90. I mean, catch me jumping out of a plane, skydiving, you know, when I'm 95, I have a heart attack before I get to the ground. Hey, I mean, what a way to go out. (laughs) But uh, yeah, risk taking. All right. We're going to wrap up by playing a game. We play with all our guests called, do you know me? It's real easy. Okay. Uh, we're trying to get to know you. Okay, the point. So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> Has Michelle Young ever done this? Have you ever done that? Yes, or no answers are fine. Anecdotal stories are welcomed. But you really? know, not not required. Not required. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you for okay. the rubric <laughs> directions. All right, you ready? <laughs> yes. Do you know me with Michelle Young? Has Michelle ever gotten stitches? Yes, actually, on my chin. Same. On my chin. I feel. Why do I feel like everybody has yeah. a scar? Yeah, I was climbing across the top of the monkey bars. You know, you're not supposed to do that, but risk taker. Hey, there I am climbing across. Um, day before my family was going to leave for Disney World, and it had rained, and so it was slippery, and I slipped, cracked my chin open, and had this like big wad of gauze and bandages Can while I was walking while I was walking around Disney World. See it. Couldn't go on any. I mean, it happened when I was like what in, in second grade. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, couldn't go on many of the water rides. Has Michelle ever left a bad Yelp review? No, I don't think I've ever even left a review on the internet. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> uh, has Michelle ever paid for a psychic reading? No. Do you believe in any? I what's something that you okay do you have any beliefs that are kind of like I kind of like questionable (laughs) (laughs) contrary to opinion okay unscientific I'm I'm super (laughs) curious if I've never been to a psychic I'm super curious like if you go to a psychic reading there's gonna be a bunch of psychic readings in my inbox on Instagram after this when you if you go to a psychic reading do they tell you anything negative because you're paying for it. And like, if you go into a psychic reading and you leave feeling awful, like your life's going to end, would you ever go back? Probably. I don't. I have a woman you in would? Minnesota that I'll connect you with. She's the best. She was awesome. <laughs> Did she she give does you them neg- out of her house because she lives with her mother who's also a psychic. And okay. she is wow. freaking incredible. And she, they're just in what? this like suburban house in Minnesota. If, what do you get from it? Like, what do you, what do you She benefit? did everything from like, 
narrowing in on me to like my future to like talking to people who had passed that like wanted to say something to me. Yeah, she was great. I went to McDonald's so, afterwards and felt really wholesome. <laughs> I feel like I give you a psychic rating. I needed some nuggets. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, capitalize with the nuggets. But okay, so you, you, but you left feeling good. Like you left feeling enlightened. Yeah, I left feeling like I had like more clarity on exactly like where I was going. Okay. Also, she was the type of woman my friend went to first, and out of nowhere, I wasn't even there, and she was like, "Do you have a friend named Allie?" And Caitlin was like, "Internet, yeah." Do we, do and we she all no, but I was <laughs> yeah. in college at the time. It's like going on the Bachelor my, and, my, and being like, "Did you meet Allie, a Lauren?" My friend Allie came on the but show. Though. That's why I'm laughing. I was Allie in I was in college at the time, and the psychic turned to Caitlin and was like, "Yeah, well, Allie's going to go to LA for seven years, but then she'll move back to Minnesota, and you guys will still be close." Hmm. Like pulled that. I was still in Chicago at that point. I don't know. Here, Nicholas, where am I right now? Los Angeles. I guess. <laughs> Freaking nailed it. Psychics are real. Crushed. If, it. Okay. If, if you okay. could find out when you die, would you want to know? Oh, no. Who would want to know that? I I feel like... Who would want to know that? Have I you bet, seen that I black like hair? Half the, half the people in the world would. I bet. What do you think? I think really it's like 50 I think it's a control thing also. That sounds like a, like a Black Mirror episode. And there's two kinds of people. People who would and people who wouldn't. Okay. Would you dis- Would you want to know... When you die, if you also knew that it would be after a certain age, right? Because like your fear would be like, you're dying mm. and you're going to pass away in no, three days. No, because, because to get to the answer to that question, I would know whether I die before that age or not. <laughs> Wait, right? What that mean? No sense. Well, because Wait, if you're what? like, oh. No, like, okay. So if you're like, if you I don't want to know. I don't so, want to. I don't so want to. You're going to die between ages. 80, like if they're going to give you, you're going to die between ages 80 and 90 or it's after 80, right? Like mm-hmm. if you wanted to know that, if I'm like, okay, I know that I'm going to live to at least 85. I know that I have this much of life left and I'm going to make it unreal. Like I'm going to make it the most amazing experience. So but I guess I would have to find out that I die before 85. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like if you, if you yeah, knew that it was after 85, would you still do it? Okay. No. Do you? No, not really. Yeah. I mean. I'm too no. neurotic to be like, fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Does Michelle have any, any reoccurring dreams? Yeah, I do, actually. I have this really weird dream where it started when I was in high school. And I was like, at, I was at my house or I'm when, in this dream. I'm at my house and I can see, I'm like upstairs in my living room. And I can see this car, like this S, red SUV pull up in the driveway. And a person gets out. And the first time I had the dream, I was like running downstairs. I was at home by myself. I'm trying to keep that person out of the house. And like that first time this person gets into the house, like I'm trying to hide in the house. I'm trying to escape. It's really weird. And the second time I had the dream, like he pulls up and I know that this person's coming into the house again. And every single time I had the dream, I get like closer and closer to keeping them out. It's really weird. We had a dream expert on that we interviewed yesterday. The episode hasn't oh. come out yet, but we what we learned. I can't tell you what it means, by the way, because I was going to say, are you gonna, are you going to enlighten me? Well, well, we well, well, I think the biggest takeaway of that episode, and it does, by the way, plug, it comes out soon, is that our dreams, especially our recurring ones, are they are emotions that we are trying to process about feelings that we're having. So the reoccurring dream <laughs> is like something that you're Running emotionally trying to process trying to that, you, that your, your, your dream's trying to tell you it's an emotion. Mm-hmm. 
that you're trying to work through. Interesting. A house has a specific representation. Do you remember so what it was? Like, it was like colors. your own personal like stability, your life, like where you feel the safest. And yeah. if you're having this like recurring thing, it means like you haven't. He said recurring dreams are like walking down a street and someone's yelling at you, but you never like turn around and address them. So they'll just keep yelling louder and louder until you fully address it. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, I haven't had that dream in like a year. So maybe you want Maybe the house. it's gone. Maybe. maybe. I, yeah. I, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Have you uh, ever secretly read a significant other's text? Yes. When I was in high school. Oh, wow. That's person allowed. was cheating. So I guess it was worth it. But I'll tell you this. If I ever feel the need to do that, I'm not in a relationship with you anymore. Yep. Learn from our mistakes. <laughs> Does Michelle get road rage? I'm going to say no. No. <laughs> no. Can Michelle Dougie? Uh, yeah, I think so. If you put on music. Has Michelle given or received the middle finger this year? Um, I've received it and I have not given it. I've actually Who gave never. gave the middle finger? Um, somebody driving. But it was somebody who had road rage and I was not the what only person. What do you do person. when someone flips you off? Laugh. Because <laughs> it's kind of a personal like, do you, problem. Do you make sure that they, laugh, they see your laugh? I mean, maybe. I mean, like if, I mean, if they continue to look at me as they're flicking me off, like I'm kind of chuckling, maybe shaking my head try, a little bit. Try the thumbs up. I have done that already. Or I've given like the, hey, okay. Smile. <laughs> Do, do, you have a little, like do you have a little petty in you? <laughs> do I have petty? I don't know. If someone's flicking you off when they're driving past you. I have petty. And like, whatever, like, is it being petty or is it being positive? <laughs> yeah, but you get the it's thumbs like, up. You want them, um, you <laughs> know. for you. I don't know. I feel like it's deserved at that point. And All right. It's not necessarily petty. Final question. All right. Has Michelle been kissed in the past month? Yes, by my dog, Chief. <laughs> Cop out. By a human being. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You, uh, I mean, my mom and my dad kiss me on the cheek every gotcha. time I see him. <laughs> Had to be asked. Dang. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, we can't thank you for taking the time. We truly are enjoying you in this, in this room, at least. Uh, but I think everyone <laughs> has the best right. We wish you the best of luck. Hope you find love. And uh, we think it's Joe. What do you? Who do you think it is? I am curious. Only after meeting you, Brandon. You think Brandon? Okay, so are you? Is is this who you think it is, or is this who you want to win? Wait, yeah, we're going with who you think. Wait, wait, wait. Who Who you think? That's who I think. Okay, I don't know who I want. I feel like I trust you. Neither do I. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) At this point in the, I'm gonna go with. Single because I want to go to the basement bar at Nolo with her, and that's the tea. Wait, you can't go to the basement bar or Nolo's if you're not single. Also, <laughs> I just want to go with you as your personal plus one, so that's the tea. No, well, I, I got you regardless on that. Then, <laughs> yeah, Brent and Brand, Brandon is someone I like. He's always, yeah. he's there. He's, he's I don't know. I just I don't know. No, you, it's Chris, possible. I, I, Chris he seems S like a great come guy. Back, you know. Yeah. I would judge you for that. If he came back and if I selected him, you would judge me? Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole world might, you know. (laughs) 
I, I would. Uh, hey, yeah. you never know. You never know with right. reality TV. You never know. Uh, well, either way, whoever you pick, I have no doubt that it will be the best person for you. And I wish uh, you guys the best of luck. And congratulations if you are, in fact, with someone. <laughs> you don't have too much longer. Thank you. All this right. has been awesome. I'm definitely leaning towards going to a psychic when I get home. So <laughs> holla at me. I'm going to send you. I'm sending you my rack. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to send in your questions at asknick at castmedia.com. Cast with a K for Ask Nick episodes. And if nothing else, we will see you back on Monday. Bye. Crazy.